0: Please take a moment to let us know by emailing us at media at bushland.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by visiting thechurchatbushland.com slash give.
1: Hey, welcome to Super Sunday. Amen. There's a a little football game today, I've heard. 5.30. Anybody watching the Super Bowl today? Some of you will and some of you won't. That's, uh, that's about as interesting as our country right now. But the Super Bowl is a big, big game played before a ton of people. And today is Super Sunday here. We make much of the Super Bowl Sunday here. That's why we do the baptisms. Seven baptisms that you saw today. I want to welcome our online church. You didn't get to see the three in the first service at 9 you did see the four in the second service, but we had seven people baptized today, and so let's give them a round of applause one more time. That's beautiful. That's a, way to start a, uh, that's a way to start a new year as a church, man. God is doing a great work here. So grateful for all that God is doing. Uh, so grateful. For Super Bowl Sunday, uh, Chiefs and the Buccaneers, man. I mean, got, you have some love for the Buccaneers over there, or is that the Chief Buccaneer love? Oh, I like that. So that's a big game, okay? And it's played uh, probably for the biggest crowd at any sporting event. Now, there's a limited amount of people that will get to be in the stadium, okay? But that doesn't change the fact that there will be TV sets all over the world that will watch the Super Bowl. I mean, there is huge money, huge revenue in the Super Bowl as far as TV viewers and stuff like that. Um, But there's a large crowd, can I tell you something as a believer? We have a crowd. Did you know, listen to me, did you know that you, every day of your life, you have a crowd? Someone that you do not know or maybe you do know is watching your life. You say, well, Jeff, I, I, I don't want anybody to watch my. me. I, I don't want them to watch me. Okay, you don't get to the vote. They're watching, all right? I say it like this. It's the church before a watching world. And can I tell you something? In the day and time that we live in right now, the greatest thing that we have in, in the, the greatest thing we can watch is a church before a watching world. They are watching the church today like never before. Listen, it is time for the church to rise up and take the position that God ordained the church to have. And that is to be a church of power where the name of Jesus and the person of Jesus is unapologetically lifted up high every Sunday and let him draw all men and women, boys and girls, to him. That's the church. And I'm going to tell you, this world is dying for the church, It's looking to the church. It needs the church because there is nothing this world offers that can do it. We are walking in the most, mm, the most precious time to be a believer. Do you understand that you're being watched like never before? They want to know if the Jesus of this scripture right here can change a life. And you get to walk every day that life out in front of them. Every day, there may be people in your home that do not know the Lord, but they're watching you. There is people at work that have been divinely put around you for such a time as this to watching you. There is people watch you all the time, whether you like it or not. And I pray. That you understand that you are walking before a watching world. You are a little church and we are a corporate church before a watching world. Listen to me. I I mentioned to one of my elders before the service, before the 9 o'clock service, that I believe God is like a river right now. And a river has power. But it's not always noticed. But it never stops. And I believe God is doing his thing. And right now, we have the enemy in the world out there with little sparklers. Oh, they getting a little bit of attention. And their little sparklers are doing their little thing. But I'm going to tell you something. All sparklers run out and eventually land in the river. But God's river has power. And that river is growing daily. And I'm telling you, you're going to start hearing that river flow. And you're going to start hearing that thunder of that river. And I'm telling you, that river is cutting a course, and it's cutting a path, and it's doing a new thing. And before long, I'm going to tell you right now, the sparklers won't get the attention. The river's about to get the attention. And everybody, undisputed grand champion Jesus the Savior is going to get all the glory because Jesus Christ never stops. He, is, he never changes, my friend. And God is a river, and he's flowing. He's doing a new thing. And right before us, my friend, I want to remind you, you're going to watch a game. You're going to be dipping chips and eating sandwiches and pigs in a blanket or whatever you want to eat, chicken nuggets and all that good stuff, and we're going to be watching a game. But I want you to know something. They're watching you. Don't, don't doubt. They're watching you. Matthew five sixteen gives us this word. In the same way, church, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Can I remind you of something? You don't do good deeds to earn salvation. You can't do enough good things to get heaven. Heaven was given to you by Jesus on Calvary as a free gift. You don't have to work for it. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to have a stack bigger. You just have to live out a life before people and let your light shine. You don't do good things No, you know a good God, and it just produces good things. Amen? Listen to me. Apple trees don't try to just grunt and make an apple. Jesus just makes an apple out of an apple tree because that's just what he does. Apple trees will produce it. That's why they'll know our fruit, my friend. God is good. You'll do good things because why? You know a good God, and a good God produces good deeds. Why? To get your attention? Oh, no, 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 no. To get him attention. And so I'm going to ask you church. Before the watching world. Make sure they see their Jesus. And unapologetically. When they ask you about why you do what you do. You don't tell them anything else then. For my Savior. For my Jesus. For my Jesus. The game today will be played. Before a large crowd. Huge crowd. We live a life. 365 days a year before a watching world. Ask yourself this question. What are they seeing? What are they seeing you and me? Do they see the biblical Jesus? The 110% Jesus. Listen to me. Live that life. Live that truth. And point that back to Jesus. Because we all have a crowd. We all have a crowd. Not only do we have a crowd... But this game today will be played before a big old crowd. But I'm going to tell you something. This game of day will be played with the ultimate sacrifice that will be made. You say, well, who made the biggest sacrifice, Pastor, today to make that game happen? Well, might, some might say, hmm, that's a big old stadium, and somebody had to get that thing ready. Could you imagine cleaning all those bathrooms? That's a sacrifice. Amen. Can you imagine getting all those bleachers and those seats ready? That's a big sacrifice. There will be guys that manicure that yard. That lawn will be as good and that turf will be as good as a day as long. I'm telling you, it'll be manicured. There's a big sacrifice there. Yeah, there'll be a sacrifice by all the teams who load that equipment, who's, who wash that uniform and all that stuff. Everything it takes to get those teams there, that's a big sacrifice. That's an ultimate sacrifice by a lot of people. You say, man, those coaches, whoo! You know what it takes to coach in the Super Bowl? Jeff, that takes a lot. Yes, it does. You better study some film. you got to figure out how I can attack that defense because everything that defense does, that defense got a weakness. My job as a coach is to find the weakness that defense has, and I'm telling you, I'm going to wear it out. So pity the fool who might be the weakest link on that team. He's going to have a long Super Bowl because they're going to come after him, all right? You say, well, Jeff, no, the ultimate sacrifice for that game, mm them players, all their life, man, they work for that. Lifting weights, running, working out, those things. But up, up early, doing all that they do. God gifted them, but yeah, they had, to, they had to work on that. Yeah, they did. Everything they eat, their diet, everything they do, they are disciplined. They, that is a hope and a dream of every player, man. Even when they're 8, 9, 10 years old, man, they're dreaming of someday taking a snap in the Super Bowl. It takes a lot of sacrifice to get to that game. But I want to say something to you, though. There's a bigger sacrifice in all of that. See, that game does not happen unless there's a great sacrifice. You see this ball right here? Called a football, better known as a pigskin. Orinky, ornkey had to give everything to make that game happen, amen? You want to know the ultimate sacrifice at 530? Can you imagine if we stopped the game? I want to ask you to rise. I need you to take off your helmets and your hats. It's time to give some homage to the one who gave it all to make this game happen. Can we give it up for the pig? (laughs) That should really happen, amen? Nobody gives the pig no love at all, man. I'm like, nobody wants to love on the pig. I mean, these guys get all the attention. They get the dancing. They get, they get everything. And nobody thinks about the pig. Nobody. You don't, you don't get nothing. All the bars, they have 20 TVs on in that bar. No one's turning the TV on without the pig. If, if the pig didn't give it all, we don't have no Super Bowl. We don't have a game called football. We got a game called stand around and look at each other. And nobody buys a ticket for that. (laughs) Can I tell you something else, though, you and me? There's an ultimate sacrifice made. Not by a pig. But by a man named Jesus. God said this. I love you so much. I love the world so much. And I'm going to send my, ever, my only son, that whosoever, whosoever, whosoever believeth in him, shall not perish, but have everlasting life. You see, we'll see that sign held up in the stadium every football game you do. John 3, 3 16. John three sixteen will be plastered somewhere. But I'm going to tell you, the pig deserves some homage for the game, but Jesus deserves the ultimate homage. Because he gave his life for us freely. Romans 5.8 says this, that God demonstrated, God demonstrated his great love for us in this, that while we were yet sinners, while we were jacked up, messed up, muffed up, he died for us. Amen? How many of you are thankful that he died for you when you were the, when you were the mess you can look up from your mess and go, Jesus went to the cross for me, man. See, Jesus fixes messes; he fixes them all the time. The ultimate sacrifice for the Super Bowl is made by the pig to make a football. The ultimate sacrifice for me and you, made by Jesus. There's a story in John chapter three of a man we know him well. His name is Nicodemus, better known as Nick at Night. It's true. He came to Jesus at night. Nicodemus was a well-educated man. He was a man of uh, high standards, all right? He was a distinguished gentleman. But he knew there was something different about Jesus. And he said, I can tell you come from God. Jesus told Nicodemus, you will not see the kingdom of God unless you are born again. And Nicodemus, being a smart man like he is, he says, Man, I'm I'm an old man. I'm a big dude. I'm really bigger than my mom. How can I be born again? That's not going to work. He answered Jesus' question from a natural state. Jesus was talking to him in a spiritual state, and they were not communicating. And he said, Nicodemus, here's the deal. The The water gives birth to water, physical, but the Spirit Gives birth to the Spirit. Nicodemus, you must have two birthdays. You see, all of us in this room have one birthday. I'm looking at you because you've been born of water, by mom, a water birth, a physical birth. But Jesus says one birth's not going to cut it. You need to be born again. You must be born of the Spirit. Those individuals that came out of that water at this service and at the 9 o'clock service, those are seven new individuals on on their T-shirt says made alive. Because listen to me, at salvation you come alive. You live. He gives you new life, new birth. You become a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. You're not the same guy. You're not the same girl. Oh, yeah, you may like the same food, but you're not the same person. And that's what Jesus does, the ultimate sacrifice for Nicodemus. And we later know that Nicodemus accepted that and realized that. We go to John chapter 4. It's a beautiful story of a woman. and We know her as the woman at the well. She did not want to see Jesus, but inside she really needed to see Jesus. But she didn't want to see nobody else because she was embarrassed about her life. So she comes to get water in the middle of the afternoon when it's really hot, and nobody does that. They come in the cool of the morning, the cool of the night. And lo and behold, the one she needed the most was at the well. And he said to her, Mormon, the water I give you will never run dry. And you won't have to keep coming here and drawing water. And she said, well, is this your well? I mean, this is our father's well. Did you give this well to us? Are you greater than our fathers who gave the well to us? And he simply said, The water that I will give you will spring up in you to eternal life. And you won't have to keep here and draw, come in and draw water. And he says, You need to go get your husband and bring him here. And she said, I don't have a husband. I've had five husbands, and the man I'm living with today is not my husband. You see, listen to me. In each, in each of us, each of us, there's a God's side void. There's a hole in our heart. And listen to me. We try to shove a lot of stuff in that hole. We try to shove relationships. We sometimes try to shove wives and husbands. We sometimes try to shove salaries and bank accounts and 401s we try to sh- shove trucks and cars and big houses we try to shove all kind of things in there for some of us we try to we try to fill that void with alcohol let me tell you at the end of every beer can is the same beer can it doesn't change it's empty some of us because of that we smoke but I'm gonna tell you every cigarette leads to one thing it's a butt and if you like that that's you i don't like having butts in my mouth so so it doesn't, it's not attractive. But every cigarette leads to the same thing. It's just a butt. Amen? And so listen to me. Beer cans, drinks, cigarettes, life itself with income, jobs, toys, bigger house, bigger this. That's all great. But that'll never, ever, ever fill your void. Never. The world, the world cannot do that. The natural cannot do that. Jesus said the only thing that plugs your heart whole is Jesus. And the woman tried to find it in relationships, and she was trying to do it again. And, and Jesus really set husband number six free because he wasn't going to get it done either, and there was going to be seven. And he tried to tell her, you can keep drawing water from the world, but it won't satisfy you. I will satisfy you. You'll never thirst again. And I will feed you, and you will never go hungry. I wonder today, some of the players on that field, they want to understand the ultimate sacrifice that pig made. They will never think about him. I wonder today, if you may be one of those people that you're doing this thing called life, and you know there's something different about Jesus And maybe you need to come to Jesus because he made the ultimate sacrifice for you. Because what you're trying to do and what you're trying to satisfy and what you're trying to help satisfy you hasn't done the job. Can I tell you, the ultimate sacrifice is Jesus. When you meet him, he'll change you. He'll change you. Not only is there a big old crowd, and we have a crowd as well. Not only is there an ultimate sacrifice, and that poor pig made it, my friend. And so did Jesus. But do we really understand What Jesus did for us do we really because a lot of people wonder does those players really understand what they get to do my question is do we understand what Jesus really did for us God said that he made us Psalm 139 God said I made you I I knit you together I created you I breathe in you I gave you life And then he said, I not only gave you life, but I ordained your steps. I am the creator of your feet, and I have ordained your steps. And everywhere your feet land, I have ordained them. And one day, there's going to be a day when your feet move no more and you breathe no more. But I've got that covered, too, because I made you. I sent my son to die for you, and there was a time in your life where you gave your life to Christ, and you have been born again. You're saved. So that means you will never die. You may die on this dirt ball, in this earth suit that you're wearing, but you will never die because the last breath you take on this dirt ball is the first breath you take in heaven, amen? Because Jesus says in his word in John 14, 2, in my Father's house are many rooms. And if it were not so, I'd tell you, but I'm going there to prepare one for you. And if I go there to prepare one for you, I will come back to take you to be with me. My friend, do we understand what we got. John 10, 10, we know what the enemy says he's about, killing and stealing destroying our lives. But Jesus said, listen to me, because you're my kid and I love you so much, I've come to give you life and give it to you. Well, how? To the full, abundantly, to the max. You see, listen to me. There's a crowd watching us. There's the ultimate sacrifice that was made by Jesus. And I hope we understand what he gave us, man. Do we really understand what he gave us? Because when we really understand what Jesus gave us, we have no problem at all living that life to the max in front of people. So they say, what is it about you that's different? Oh, his name is Jesus. And he changed my life. You'd be like that blind man. They kept trying to quiz him. So when did it happen? Who did it? Did it happen on the Sabbath? Then, 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 And the blind man said, "Look, dude, I don't know what day it was, but here's what I do know: I was once blind, but now I see. And you can put that in your pipe and you can smoke it. Amen. That's what he said to him. Not what he said in scripture, but that's kind of what he said." He said, I don't know when all this stuff happened, and I don't understand why the 19 questions. But I'm going to tell you this. I used to run into a tree, and now I miss them, amen. I, I was once blind, but now I see. That's all I need to know. So listen to me. You say, well, I, don't, I didn't go to seminary, and I don't know a lot of Scripture, and I don't know what to tell them if they ask me. You just tell them you were once blind, baby. But now you see that you were once dead, but you've been risen to a new life, and you're walking it for Jesus. That's all you got to see, because listen to me. They may dispute the Bible, but they can't dispute a changed life. And if you're a new creation of his, you just live that life in front of them, baby. Live it in front of them. Do we really understand what we got, what Jesus did for us? Do we? God made us, but he didn't just make us. He wanted a relationship with us. So Jesus, Jesus, Jesus died for us. So what? So we could have a relationship with Jesus, man. So one day when our last breath comes, oh, man, we don't die. Uh Uh-uh. We stop and we begin again. We begin with him. Last is this. We are more, we are more like those players at 530 tonight than we think we are. I hear this all the time from people, and I don't say a lot sometimes. I hear people all the time, they say, Jeff, you know why I don't watch the Super Bowl? I, I don't. Because there's a bunch of grown men out there. They're playing a game called football, and they make hundreds and thousands of dollars. They make millions of dollars playing a game called football, and they don't appreciate any of it. They're not grateful, they're not thankful, they're entitled, they just want it all about them. And I'm just like, yep, you're right. But you know what? We're a whole lot like them. We jump out there and we just start doing life, living really honestly for ourselves. And we get paid a whole lot of money and we live good as king kids. Jesus has blessed us. We're rich no matter what our checkbook balance says, my friend. He wants relationship with us. He he made the ultimate sacrifice for us. We're a born-again child of the King. He desires to walk with us and talk with us and sit with us and do miraculous things in our lives. And what do we do? We're just too busy. We're just too busy. We think a sacrifice is getting up and going to church. We make one out of four a month. We think we've done something. I'm sorry, but we want to dog players that get paid millions of dollars to play a game called football because they're not thankful and they don't show any gratitude. What about us as a believer? We ought to roll out of bed, as Bontrager says, and hit our head on the ceiling fan because we jump in for joy so much. Do you realize every single day, every breath you take is a gift from God? Every sunrise is an invitation to meet with the king. What, it, what are we doing with all that he has given us? We're just as ungrateful sometimes and unthankful as players look like making millions playing a game called football. Hebrews thirteen fifteen tells us this. Through Jesus, therefore... Let us continually, never stop, offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of our lips that confess his name. We should be leading the charge as born-again children of the king. We have been given everything, man, everything. We didn't deserve Calvary, but he went to Calvary. We didn't deserve forgiveness, but he gave us forgiveness. We didn't didn't deserve heaven, but he made a place for us. There's a room for us that he himself made for us. It's got our name on it. He gave us everything. And for too many of us, he's an afterthought. He's an add-on. It just doesn't fit today. I'm just busy. This is a busy season for my life, so I just can't go worship him. Listen to me. When you're too busy to worship Jesus, you're just too busy, Period. We're more like those players than we think we are. You see, there's going to be a lot of cheering that goes on. You get old Patrick Mahomes, man. He's going to be working his magic back there. He's got the football. He's rolling this way, and they chase him. He'll roll and something. He'll do something, and the commentators won't know what to call it either. But he'll look up, and he'll throw a seed Oh. Great catch by Kelsey down there. Sorry, my throw wasn't as good as the first service. But Travis Kelsey will catch a football pass in the end zone in a Super Bowl game. And everybody in the house, at every bar, at every home, and every day, I'd be cheese dip flying air. And, and a pickle goes over there, and there's an olive over there. I mean, there's just food everywhere going. All for what? A touchdown pass to Travis Kelsey from Patrick Mahomes in a corner of an end zone in a Super Bowl game i tell you this, none of that happens. None of that happens. None of those people have a reason to cheer if the pig <laughs> doesn't give the ultimate sacrifice, amen? Because all you've got a football game without a football is 22 guys staring at each other on a really nice field going, what are we doing? I don't know. Why are we out here? I don't know. Why are all these people watching? I don't know that either. Or what are we supposed to do? I don't know. Because football don't make any sense unless you got a pig. You put a football on the field, and all of a sudden, it makes sense. Offense lines up and defense lines up, and they'll execute that sucker to a dream, man. And Patrick Mahomes can hit Kelsey in the inner zone for a touchdown. Why? Because they're skilled to do it. But none of it happens without the pig. You see, you and I, man, we just jump out of bed and we go do life. But can I tell you something? We're not doing it. We're not living unless we know Jesus. Unless we know the ultimate sacrifice and he's changed our life, we're not really living, man. We're existing. And we look just like those players without a football on the field. We're just looking at this world going, what am I here for? What's my purpose? What's my name? What's this all about, man? I see this guy and I see this girl and I want what they got, but I don't know what it is and I don't even know how to say it. It all starts with a football, my friend. The ultimate sacrifice makes the game make sense and Jesus makes life make sense. And without Jesus, this thing don't make no sense, man. I'm going to tell you right now, today, you'll watch TV and you'll walk away from that TV set and go, this world is messed up. It is messed up. And the only people it makes sense to is the people that know the ultimate sacrifice. And his name is Jesus. And when you know Jesus, this thing makes sense. But if you don't know Jesus, this thing is messed up. And we got a crowd watching. And they're watching the Super Bowl today because the pig gave an ultimate sacrifice, and they're watching your life to see what that ultimate sacrifice in your life—that Jesus did on the cross—what that looks like. I'm gonna tell you something; it's pretty cool to hit to see Patrick Mahomes hit Travis Kelsey in the corner of an end zone for a Super Bowl, and everything that go crazy and erupt of cheering. But it's also pretty crazy to see someone come out of baptismal waters when life changed them, boy, made them new. And they come out of that water new, man. You can see that glow in their face. You can see it in them, man. They're different. They're different. So I wonder today, do you know the ultimate sacrifice? Do you know it? If you don't know the ultimate sacrifice named Jesus, this thing don't make no sense. It don't make any sense. You're confused, frustrated, anxious, mad. All kind of stuff going on in your life. And the reason you feel that way is you you don't know Jesus. You don't know him. You know, they say football is 22 guys in desperate need of rest. Played before 100,000 people in desperate need of exercise. (laughs) That's what it looks like for us sometimes. Amen? How about you? You need rest? True rest is found in Jesus. He'll make this thing make sense. I'm going to invite you to stand. I'm going to invite our worship team to come on up. Hey, good job, Briggs. Thank you for, uh, thank you for being Travis Kersey, Kelsey, man. I hit him with a dime the first service, but, you know, when the cameras are rolling, you got to throw the duck in the ground. You know, that's... Sports will humble you, buddy. You better take it like a champ, man. All right? Let me ask you a question. going to watch a Super Bowl game. Many of you will. Can I tell you something? When you watch that game, know this. It doesn't happen without the ultimate sacrifice by the pig. That makes sense. Not worth watching. Nobody's going to buy a ticket, stand around, and watch 22 guys stare at each other. That's pretty boring. You put a football field, you put a football on the field, it changes everything. Jesus, in your life, changes everything. You have no idea what your marriage can be like when Jesus takes over your life. You have no idea what Jesus can do in your family until he takes over your life. You have no idea. So today, on Super Sunday, think about the ultimate sacrifice that Jesus made for you. This life don't make no sense without Jesus. So today, if you need to meet him, I'm going to give you that opportunity. You can come right down here and meet Jesus. You can come to any of these adults that are going to be over here. They can can introduce you to Jesus. Wherever you are, man, you can sit right where you're at and cry out to Jesus because the word says, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Today, if life doesn't make sense, Jesus. Jesus can make it make sense. Let's pray. Father, we love you. I pray for everyone watching online, God. Maybe you're sitting in an office. Maybe you're watching cab of your pickup. Maybe you're curled up on a couch. Maybe you just kicked back in a recliner. Life had not make no sense to you. But you know right now, The reason it doesn't make sense is because Jesus is the only one that can make it make sense. And I pray for anyone watching online that they would simply, right where they're at, just cry out, call out to the name of Jesus, and you shall be saved. If you're in this room, you may have come for baptism, and you realized that should be me. I need to do that. As we went through this service, Jesus knocked on your heart. Scripture says that our hearts only have a doorknob on the inside. No one gets into our heart unless we open and let them in. And Jesus is knocking. That's what that feeling is. He wants to come in. He paid the ultimate sacrifice, and he wants to make your life make sense today. Will you open up your heart and ask Jesus to come in and watch what he does? So, God, today, your Holy Spirit has got us right where we need to be, and you are speaking our name. So, Father, I pray that we say yes to you. Yes. Whatever God is saying, yes, yes, yes. For on the other side of obedience is always blessing, God. We love you. Move us now, God. May we say yes to what the Holy Spirit says right now. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Let's worship. If you need to come this morning, you come.
0: Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the Church at Bushland. We exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on Facebook and Instagram, by using the Church at Bushland, and on Twitter by using at TCA Bushland.